0: Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message from Stonebridge United Methodist Church. We hope it encourages you to live and love like Jesus. Good morning, Church. Today's uh, scripture will be read from Isaiah, chapter 40, verse 27 to 31. I've been asked to say it in Spanish. Israel, pueblo de Jacob, ¿por qué te quejas? ¿Por qué te dices, el Señor no se da cuenta de mi situación? Dios no se interesa por mí. ¿Acaso no lo sabes? ¿No lo has oído? El Señor, el Dios eterno, el Creador del mundo entero, no se fatiga ni se cansa. Su inteligencia es infinita. Él da fuerzas al cansado y al débil le aumenta su vigor. Hasta los jóvenes pueden cansarse y fatigarse. Hasta los más fuertes llegan a caer. Pero los que confían en el Señor tendrán siempre nuevas fuerzas y podrán volar como las águilas. Podrán correr sin cansarse y caminar sin fatigarse. Es la palabra de: Dios. Gracias a Dios. Luke, thank you for reading the scripture today, and thank you for reading it in Spanish. That's a great, great reminder. It was just a great opportunity to remind us that God speaks and listens in all languages. God speaks and listens in all languages. So thank you, Luke, for doing that. So glad that you're here today. We begin the series, "Hope is Here." It's been a really crazy 18 months. I mean, you're right? It, it's been a really crazy eighteen months. Regardless of where you land on the political spectrum, regardless of where you land on the COVID protocols and all those kinds of things, it's it, we we have literally lived through several unprecedented events. There's a lot that has happened, and for all the but for all the all the national and global events that have happened and captured our attention, what really gets us down. What we really struggle with are those things just daily things. Changing habits. I mean, think about it. We have had to change lots of our habits over the last 18 months. You know, the habit of, you know, for a while is putting on your mask to go anywhere. I had to get in the habit of taking it off. We'd be driving down the street and Mary would say, Jeff, your mask. Oh, yeah, sorry. There go. <laughs> forgot to take it off. We're always changing habits. We changed how we shop. We had, we'd, we'd want to go out to get something to eat. Oh, wait, no, we can't. Or we get only get takeout. We had to change so many things, travel or not travel. We've had events that were canceled, many events that were canceled. We had some that went ahead, but we couldn't get there for a variety of reasons, couldn't travel or whatever it was. There's been a lot of disappointment. I mean, there's been massive amounts of change in our daily lives. Now, I don't mean to minimize the, the big events nationally and globally. I'm not trying to minimize those. It's, it's just that so often those things, they, we read about them in the news, and you know, and we get angry, and we commiserate with our friend, and we argue with our neighbor, and we shake our fist at the social media, and whatever. And at the end of the day, it doesn't really affect how we live. What really affects how we live are those day-to-day things, and that, that constant change it begins to make us to lose hope, to lose confidence, to think, why try? And so we get tired, and then we get tired of being tired, right? We're weary. It's all of that reality that this series is speaking into. Hope is here. So today we'll talk about hope for the weary. We'll talk next week about hope for the broken, Hope for the underdog and hope for the doubter. Now, I'm guessing that any of us can look at that list and think, I could, I can relate to that one. There's something in there that we can relate to. So there is hope. So I encourage you to be present all four Sundays for this series and I and, and encourage you to invite someone out of care for another person. Invite them. Because if we believe that this word of hope is important and helpful and good, we would want to share that with somebody, and my guess is you know somebody who needs a word of hope. So I invite, encourage you to invite someone, and, I, and you may, they may say, well, I don't want to get out and go to church, I don't want to be around crowds. Great, we have a live stream, a service at 11 o'clock. Invite them to that. Some way to connect to this word of hope that we have. And so what a, what a hopeful word from Isaiah chapter 40. God's people have been exiled. They've been in, they've been in Jerusalem. They've had, they, you know, had their own kingdom. They get overthrown, though, by the Babylonians. and they, Many of them, not every single person, but many of them. I mean, everybody's affected one way or another, have to leave. They are forced into exile to go to Babylonia, to live in a different land with different cultures and different religions, a place they, they don't want to be. It's not home. It's not Jerusalem. It's not the promised land. This is devastating for the people. Completely devastating. So talk about needing a word of hope. So you have Isaiah 40, which is just beautiful poetry all the way throughout. I'm I'm not not that much of a poetry fan, and I love Isaiah 40. Just beautiful poetry all the way through to remind them that, that God is with them. God is with them. They will mount as on wings of eagles. They will run and not be weary. They will not walk and not faint. Beautiful image. I have a friend who, uh, he's now retired, but he's a photographer. He lives in the, in the desert southwest uh, near the Four Corners area. And uh, he, his favorite uh, subject to photograph is, uh, are birds and especially raptors. So uh, falcons, hawks, and eagles. And just several photographs you'll put it out on Facebook that I've seen of this of, a, of an eagle its wings spread just soaring in, in the background of the red rock walls of the canyon. God, man, it just gives you chills when you look at it. You just look at the image. I can just think about it, and I feel that sense of strength. That's the word to God's people, that sense of strength when you feel weak, to be on wings of eagles. Well, part of, the, part of the issues with the God's people when they were exiled into Babylonia, they were, uh, some of the problems that they had, they brought on themselves. Some of the difficulties that they had were things that just happened to them, not by their choice. They were out of control. They just happened to them. And so they began to lose hope. Well, that's kind of similar to our lives, right? So, some, some of our problems we bring on ourselves. Some things just happen. It's not our choice. We're out of control. It just happens, but we have to deal with it. It's, a, it's something we have to face, and we need strength and we need hope. Well, in this series, hope is here. I mean, we're gonna—it's gonna be the proverbial answer to the Sunday school question, right? The old joke in, that has many forms of asking, you know, whatever the question is, and you ask in a ch- children in Sunday school class, and they say Jesus. You know, the answer is always Jesus. Uh, well, yeah, <laughs> that's right. But we're going to talk about that in different aspects, and, and the way we're going to do it is uh, throughout this, we're going to be looking at some of the teachings of Jesus in the Gospel of John. There are several occasions where he uses "I am" statements, uh, seven to be precise. I am the vine; you are the branches. I am the shepherd. I am the uh, the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the light. Those are I am statements of Jesus in the Gospel of John that, that are particular to situations and conversations and events that he was in. And so we're going we're to look at some of those through this. Now we've got to remember when you think of I am, hopefully you also remember kind of where that comes from. It comes from deep in the Old Testament when God calls Moses to go back to Egypt and to go to Pharaoh and say, let my people go. God doesn't want his people in slavery. Let, let them out. And of course, Moses protests, I'm no public speaker, I've not had appropriate training. I've all the all the excuses, right? And God can be very persuasive though. And so when Moses agrees, he, he says, okay, so who am I going to say, sent me? And God says, Tell them, I am sent me. Sent you. I am. Experts in the Hebrew language and biblical texts say that it, that's that's kind of like saying I am who I will be. So so that God's not giving a name. God's saying, this is my nature, this is my essence, this is my identity. No name you can give me is adequate. Just say, I am. So there's Jesus on several occasions where he says, I am and reflects a different aspect of God's nature in those moments. And so, in the 6th in the chapter of John, you have some uh, pretty amazing events. To begin with, you have the occasion of the feeding of the 5,000. You know, that's one of the only stories that appears in all four Gospels. It's one of the only ones. Interesting, huh? Uh, there must be something to that. In John, John's description is they were, uh, Jesus and the disciples were outside of Jerusalem, and people began to come out because they wanted to hear Jesus teach. And there were just hundreds and thousands of people coming out to hear Jesus. And, and one of the disciples was like, It's getting late in the day. Uh, what are we going to do? It's going to be dark. They've got to have food. We don't have money to buy it. So Jesus, in great acts of delegation, says, Well, just, you know, tell them to sit in groupings, tell them to, you know, have a seat. We're going to take care of this. Found a kid who had some loaves of bread and some fish. Distribute that. Everybody ate and was satisfied. Okay, go pick up the leftovers. Twelve baskets full of leftovers. Stunning, amazing, right? After all that was over, at the end of the day, the disciples said, Hey Jesus, we're gonna they're at the at, at the shoreline. We're gonna go across the sea, the probably the Sea of Galilee. And you're gonna come with. Jesus says, No, not yet. I'll come later. So, they get in the boat, they row across. About four miles out, it says, the winds become terrible, the waves, it is treacherous, it is dangerous. And here comes Jesus walking on water out to them. Gets in the boat with them, gets them to the other side safely. Okay, so the next day, the people who were there, whom Jesus fed the day before, knew that the disciples had left but where, well, where's Jesus? We can't find Jesus. They, what happened to him? So some of them get in their boats. They go across and they find Jesus on the other side. And they're like, we came seeking you. We wanted to find you. And Jesus said, I know you came seeking me because you got your stomachs filled yesterday, didn't you? That's why you're coming to see me today. But I tell you to look for that food that does not spoil but leads to eternal life. What people's response was, remembering their ancestors when they were in the wilderness after the exodus. God provided bread, manna. They had daily bread for them to eat, to sustain them. And Jesus said, But it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, always give us this bread. Then Jesus declared... I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. We've heard Jesus do this before. It wasn't an I am statement, but it, we heard it before, just two chapters before. He's talking to the woman at the well for a drink of water. But then he says, but I've got a water that when you drink it, you will never thirst again. It is living water. Sir, tell me where to get this water. Same kind of conversation. that he takes a literal thing And deepens the meaning. Changes the the understanding of it. I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. Sounds like hope for the weary to me. Let's break this down just a little bit. So the people came to Jesus because they were craving temporary answers to prolonged realities. They were craving temporary answers for prolonged realities. I mean, one of the things they said to him was, what's the sign we should look for? And you know, and I I know we have the advantage of distance and time and understanding, but but you want to say, really? He fed 5,000 people. He walked on water. I mean, what else? But that's common in the Gospel of John. People are always asking for a sign. What is it that's going to tell us you're the real deal? (laughs) After all the miracles he works, all the things he does, What's the sign we should be looking for? Craving a temporary answer to prolonged realities. What's the next shiny thing that will get my attention? What's the new gadget? What's the new answer? What's the new... I mean, we live in a consumer culture. That's certainly different than it was in Jesus' time. We live, though, in a consumer culture. We are consumer culture desperately seeking distraction consumer culture desperately seeking distraction. We want to be distracted whether it's from boredom, whether it's from difficulty, whether it's from commitment, from responsibility, from pain. We want to be distracted. What's what's the next what's the next thing? You now we uh, I mean there's no shortage of streaming television opportunities, right? You got to subscribe to all of them, of course. The new series gets advertised and oh oh we want to see that. No, well, we don't have HBO Max. I guess we'll okay, I guess we'll better do that. Oh, we don't have Showtime. And next thing you know, you're spending $200 on seeking distraction. I know, we all need distractions on occasion. Sure, we all do, but there's times we need to think what's the lasting thing. We crave temporary answers to prolonged realities. We see that in the people, we see that in us. Secondly, we need a sustainable life. We need a sustainable life. Part of that, uh, being sustainable, is is shift expectations. To understand that those things that we seek that are fun for now are temporary. It's really not going to last. We can't expect it to be the answer forever. It just won't be. It might be something for now, but not later have to shift our expectations. We've had to shift our expectations pretty significantly over the last 18 months about things. I mean, we've had things happen that have changed the way we live probably the rest of our lives. We've had to shift expectations. But one of the the things we need to have a sustainable life, and we've talked about this very recently, is to have the gift of rest. The gift of rest. Instead of the frenetic activity of seeking those temporary answers, the gift of rest. One of the passages that we used in the series we just finished last week of Soul Reset, uh, I'm, I'm going to read it again because it, it ties in well, connects us well from that series into this series, is Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30. Jesus said, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, Pastor Jana talked about this last week. Some of you were here or online. You heard her talk about what that yoke is. The notion of a yoke, it's that wooden collar, so to speak, that would go over the shoulders of two different uh, oxen or cattle or mules or donkeys and they would pull a cart Or a plow or something. But it was for two animals. It's like Jesus is saying, Here, take this and you just go, go forth and prosper. No, it's it's we're doing this together. That that Jesus is going to be shoulder to shoulder with us. It's not all on me to carry the load, to figure out all the answers, know all the things. Shoulder to shoulder with Jesus. We need a sustainable life. But we need each other. We need each other. We've really bought into the idea of complete personal independence. I mean, that's part of our, part of our cultural heritage, complete personal independence. Uh, if you've uh, had a child in your home, in that range of, you know, somewhere two, three, four years old, they begin to be pretty independent, Right? Uh, I remember my daughter asserting her independence pretty uh, firmly uh, on occasion, in a nice way actually. She wasn't belligerent at all, but trying to help her learn something or do something, I'd sometimes say, "Here, let me show you," or "Let me help you," and she she'd just say, "I do it myself." Yes, ma'am. That was her. I do it myself. Well, that's that's a developmental thing. We understand that. That's fine. Sometimes we just hold on to that though, don't we? I do it myself. Part of it's because sometimes we have trouble trusting somebody else in our life. We've been burned. We've been hurt. I just do it myself. fact is, we need each other. You know, this, this idea of uh, a, a focus on personal independence, this focus on my rights are more important than anybody else. You know, the Bible teaches that nowhere, right? The Bible doesn't teach that Anywhere. Anywhere. It says from the very beginning, we were created for relationship. And God called a, certain, a people together to be God's witness, and part of that was the ways that they were going to live together that were distinctive to reflect God's nature and God's purpose. And then after, after Jesus' life, death, and resurrection in the early church, it was described as the body of Christ. And the body can't be complete if the part of the body is missing or gone or rejected. No, we all need each other. That's the only way we'll know completeness. You can't know it on your own. That's the only way is to be in relationship to others. And when we're the body of Christ, that's when we can know what it means to pray for one another, to love one another, bear one another's burdens. We need each other. So We can't just keep craving temporary answers for prolonged issues. We need a sustainable life. We need each other. So there is hope for the weary. So I'm going to ask you to do three things this week. Uh, I know sometimes we say, I just want you to do this one thing this week. I think you're advanced on this. You can do this. Three things. One is, at some point this week, I I want you to do something. I want you to receive the gift of rest. Now, I know you're thinking, oh, sure, I'll take a nap sometime. That's not exactly what I mean. Sure, take a nap. That's fine. Naps are good. But I mean to consciously, mindfully be aware that the promise of Scripture and the intention of God in the gift of the Sabbath is to give us the gift of rest. And to just be, not scrolling through social media, just rest. Now inevitably someone's going to call you or they're going to walk in the room and say, what are you doing? Tell them, "I'm, I'm receiving the gift of rest right now. You should, too. To pause, to understand. All of life doesn't depend on my frenetic activity. Because if I share a yoke with Jesus, He's here, too. and He says, I'll give you rest. Mindfully, receive the gift of rest sometime this week. Secondly, evaluate whether you are simply seeking distraction. As you go through the day, as you make your decisions, as you choose to do things, am I just seeking distraction Or am I seeking something deeper? Again, I know we need distraction on occasion, but sometimes what's the deeper thing that I need here? Be aware of those choices that you make. Because if we just keep choosing temporary answers, we'll just keep getting frustrated and unfulfilled. The third thing is reach out to somebody. Reach out to somebody. Surely there's somebody you haven't seen in a while. You think, I wonder how they're doing. Or someone you know has, been, has gone through a tough time. Or somebody just pops into your mind. Reach out to somebody. They, they may well need you to reach out to them. Just reach out to someone. Say, hey, just thinking about you. Checking in. Whether or not you invite them to church, reach out to somebody. Those three things begin to help us to understand that there is hope for the weary to receive the gift of rest, to make sure we're not just seeking distraction, and to reach out to others because we need each other. There is hope for the weary. Let's pray. Oh God, we thank you for uh, the hope that we have in Jesus, who is the bread of life, the living water, one who can feed us and fill us completely that we can know completeness and wholeness through him. So God, we pray that you would help us to open ourselves to the presence of Christ in our lives in such a way that we would not simply seek temporary answers, that we would reach out to other people, and that we would receive the gift of rest. We thank you that you love us so much that Jesus will take that yoke with us and be shoulder to shoulder with us as we go through the days ahead. And we pray in his name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Stonebridge United Methodist Church. You are invited to worship with us every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. For more information, visit our website, mysumc.org. Have a blessed day.